Have any of you ever been accused of being forgetful? Why did everybody laugh and look at their husband? I don't, I don't understand. What, what is up with that? That ain't nice. Right. <clears throat> Have any of you ever been accused of having selective hearing? Right. Right. We giggle again. Right, right. We have some of the same offenders that keep showing up in my list. I believe I have discovered that what I have is not bad memory and just partial selective hearing, but what I do have is selective memory. In other words, I seem to remember the things that I want to remember. And the things that I should remember seem to escape my mind. We are all forgetful to a degree. Some people remember things better than others, but we still, as time passes, things escape our memory. It's why tomorrow is referred to as Memorial Day. It's a day set up for you and I to remember that men and women died for the freedoms that we have. This isn't Veterans Day, and it's not U.S. Armed Forces or Armed Forces Day. It is specifically to remember those who have died that served our country. And, and it seems to me that we wouldn't need a memorial for that, that we would daily honor those people that we would daily be mindful of the fact that freedom isn't free, that people died for us to have the freedoms that we have. But because we are forgetful, even something as precious as honoring people who gave us our freedom, that escapes our memory over time, and we need a marker. We need something to remind us. Obviously, it's been that way for a long time. Go with me to the book of Joshua, chapter 4. <clears throat> to the book of Joshua, chapter 4. And I've tried my best to make this just one message. But it appears that it may have been broken into two, and we'll get to the other one some other time. This is a message that if you've been around here for a while, it won't be the first time you've heard it, because I've preached it before. In Joshua... Chapter 4, we'll start reading. We're going to skip around in Joshua chapter 4. Um, we'll start in verse 1 and then you can just follow me from there. <clears throat> but there, you know, not only are we, for, not always do we completely forget an event, sometimes we just forget to keep the memory of that event alive. In other words, we may remember it, but we may not talk about it like we need to. And sometimes that's what those markers are for. Go with me in Joshua chapter 4, starting in verse 1. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Drop down to verse 8. The people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded and took up twelve stones out of the midst of the Jordan according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel, just as the Lord told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. 
And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And there they, they are there to this day. For the priest bearing the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished and the Lord commanded Joshua to tell the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. Go with me to verse 19. The people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho and those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, What do these stones mean? You shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, and the Lord your God did to, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. You can be seated. Father and our God, we do humble ourselves before you to say thank you again for this wonderful day that you've given us. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be gathered together to study your word, to hear your message. I just pray, Father, that you would Use me as nothing more than a vessel, Father, that you would just allow me to deliver words that you desire to be delivered. Father, right now we, we come upon the celebration that helps us to honor and remember those that have died for this great country. God, I pray that you would keep us ever mindful of the fact that freedom is not free. Father, that many men and women died so that we could have the freedom that we have today. And Father, not only that, but the, the one freedom that matters the most, Your Son died for. And Father, we thank You for that, that sacrifice and we thank You for the opportunity to be back in a right relationship with You. We love You and we praise You. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, we, <clears throat> you know, this is, this is a, a, a pretty common or pretty noted... Uh, known, well-known story from Scripture. Just to give you just a little bit of background, um, Moses is, is gone. Moses has died. He's out of the picture. Joshua has been raised up as the new leader. The children of Israel have been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. A whole generation of people have died. And here they come upon the promised land and the Jordan River lies in the way. Now there's some other things they'll have to overcome after the Jordan River, but it's the first thing they're going to encounter right here with Joshua. God comes to Joshua and tells him, He says, you get the Ark of the Covenant, which was the dwelling place of God, right? In the Old Testament times, that's where God lived, quote unquote. Get the Ark of the Covenant, and you take the priests, and you let them carry that Ark in front of the people, and when their feet hit the brink of the water. When the, when, the, when the priest's feet touch the water, the waters are going to stop flowing. Now, I, I watch a lot of History Channel, TLC, that kind of stuff. Just those things interest me a lot of times. And I caught one not long ago that was called, me and Amanda watched it, it was called uh, Something to Do About the Mysteries of the Bible. I thought, well, this may be cool. Well, what it ended up being was folks trying to explain away 
some of the most common stories from Scripture. One of those stories was this story right here. And they went through this great big long explanation of the times and what was going on at the time and how the waters flowed at the time and, and the position of the moon and just all of this stuff. And they finally came up with, because it was the time of the year and it was the drought, that the water had just dried up and the children of Israel crossed over definitely on dry land, but it had nothing to do with God's hand. So I went and got my Bible out and read that story again. And here's some things that I found that they didn't explain. The first thing was, the description in the Bible says that at this time of year, the waters of the Jordan overflowed its banks. So it wasn't the dry season. Number one. He said when the, when the priests put their feet in the brink of the waters, when they, because it overflows its banks, so they were going to come into this water and encounter the water before they encountered the banks of the river. And when the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant's toes touched the water, the north side of the river was going to stand up in a heap. Not just dry up and there be no water. They left off the description and the explanation of how water stands up for that many miles. In a heap. So I go back to my way of thinking and go, God did it. I don't care what you can explain or can't explain. You can't give me enough details about this to convince me otherwise. God said it would stand up in a heap when their toes touched the water, and it did. And it was such a, a moment in time and such a moment in these people's lives that God told them that on your way across, because what's going to happen is the Ark of the Covenant, the people carrying it, is going to get to the edge, the water's going to stand up, they're going to walk to the middle on dry ground. And everybody else is going to pass by and the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, is going to be right there as everybody passes by and the water remains standing. Once everybody has passed, the Ark of the Covenant is to be brought up out. The water will lay back down and it will begin to flow like it always has. In the midst of this, you pick out, Joshua, 12 men to grab stones. And in some part of this story it says that they grabbed, they picked up stones and carried them on their shoulders. So it wasn't pebbles and it wasn't rocks. It was stones. And it was 12 men from each tribe that grabbed a stone, throwed it on their shoulder, and when the waters were still standing, they took it from the place where the priest's feet were standing. The middle of the Jordan River. And they walk out with these stones on their shoulder and when they get out and everybody else gets out, they stack these stones. Now they pick these stones up and they go a little further to a place called Gilgal. And when they get to Gilgal, they set up a monument of 12 stones. Because we are so forgetful, and it isn't that the people that were there would ever forget it. It doesn't say that. But it is possible, right? Because you and I have had some major events take place in our life that we forgot. Now, if somebody mentions it, it comes back to our memory, right? The little light bulb goes off. That happens, right? But what happens when we experience some great thing that God has done and then we forget it? 
Well, a bunch of things happen. Number one, God stops getting glory for taking place in that event in your life. Number two, you begin to forget what God had to do to get you out of the place sometimes that you decided to get yourself into. So we end up, history repeats itself. When we don't learn from it, we just keep going through the same old things. So the second thing that happens is sometimes we have to re-encounter something because we forgot. And third, nobody else knows about it when we forget about it, right? We don't talk about it. We don't tell about it. So other people don't get the opportunity to see the hand of God working because they weren't physically there. Now you forgot about it and forgot to mention it and talk about it, so now nobody else is learning about it. So these people had to set up this monument. Joshua set up this monument under God's instruction. Tell them to get the stones. They did. And if you read all of that that I skipped through, it's, it's what you're seeing is the instruction coming from God to Joshua and Joshua delivering the instruction to the people and then the people carrying it out. So it's almost like you're reading the same thing three times if you read Joshua chapter 4 from 1 to the end. It's like you see it three times. You read it three times. I had an eighth grade science teacher that told me something one time. Things that are repeated are important. Things that are repeated are important. I took that knowledge on the first day of class because he said you're going to learn how to take notes in here. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh. Things that are repeated are important and i got to learn how to take notes. I'm going to put those two things together and anything he repeats, I'm going to write down. So I did that. Every time he repeated something in class, I just wrote it down. It got test time. I went and got my notes and I said, I ain't going to study nothing but what was repeated. Because he said anything that's repeated is important. One of the few tests in my life I aced. And all I studied was what he said twice or more. Things that are repeated are important. And that's kind of stuck with me. Now, I, didn't, I can't sit here and tell you that I perfectly applied that information to my life throughout. But as I've gotten older, some things have been brought back to my memory, and that's one of them. And as I read Scripture, I remember things that are repeated are important. If you read this Joshua chapter 4 from 1 to the end, you get an account three times. It's repeated three times. The instruction from God to Joshua, the instruction from Joshua to the people, and then the the account of the people living it out. I've convinced myself this must be important because it's repeated. So I started thinking on the fact of how forgetful we are, how I've decided I must have selective memory. And I started thinking, I'm probably going to need some markers in my life. I'm going to need some things to remind me of stuff. One of the things that I have adopted as a marker for Nick is these silicone bracelets. They've served as a reminder for a lot of different things over the years. One of the first ones I got, we had a young man that was going through some horrible times. He was a young fella and and has this crazy disease and was in and out of Vanderbilt Hospital. And I got one to remind myself to pray for him. And it worked. 
It worked. Even though it might slip my mind at some point in the day, I would see that bracelet, whether I was washing my hands and, and peeling the grease off, whatever it was, and I would remember, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be praying for that young man. There was times when it was different people that that was the same symbol. There, there's been times that Montana's given them to me for things like Father's Day or my birthday. And I'd, rem I'd use that as a reminder to pray for her. To pray for her future. Things that I should remember. I shouldn't need a reminder. But listen, this thing up here is a lot smaller than you think it is. It don't hold on to near as much as you think it does. And you forget things. And just something as simple. And then last week, um, I had one on that was almost wore out. I got it back at Christmas time. And I have a job where my hands get in places they shouldn't be a lot of times. And stuff gets cut up and marked up. And they don't last as long. And, and I had one on that was just about wore out. And Christy gave me this one and it says prayer warrior. And I thought I need, a, I need a reminder that during the times that we're in, there ain't nothing more important I can do than pray. Pray for myself. Pray for my church. Pray for my family. Pray for the health of those that are at highest risk. Pray that the truth about all this stuff will come out. <laughs> that we can get honest information that we can really use to make educated decisions. There ain't nothing more important I can do than be praying. We need markers. There's other things. There's things inside my service truck that are placed where they are as a reminder to me. Because life gets hectic and you just get busy and you just get to doing what you do every day and you forget. You know, one of the most famous reminders I could think of was people would tie a, a string on their finger. Y'all ever seen that? I've seen it mostly in cartoons, so I don't know if it's true or not. But when I started thinking about reminders, that was one of the first things I thought of. People would tie a string on their finger as a reminder. Then they would forget what the reminder was. They knew it was there to remind them of something, but they couldn't remember. We need reminders. Just like the children of Israel. Listen, this is, this is a, a generation of people, their parents have died off in a wilderness because of disobedience to God. You get that, right? They spent 40 years wandering around, complaining and griping just because they couldn't figure out how to just be obedient. That's all it would have took if they just would have been obedient and listened to God. They would not have had to be there for 40 years. They would not have had to die it off. Listen, Moses, the guy that God Himself handpicked to lead these children on this journey, ain't going to get to see the promised land. Why? Disobedience. I think God's pretty, pretty stern about us being obedient to Him. So if I have to wear a bracelet to remind me to do something that God asked me to do, I'm going to wear a bracelet. Whatever it takes, if I have to set up stones, if I have to make piles of rocks, if I have to build altars, whatever it takes to remind me that God has a plan and a purpose for my life and the best thing I can do is be obedient to Him so I can walk in that path, Whatever it takes to keep me there, that's what I want. That's what I desire. And it sounds so simple. And some of this, can you imagine being a person? Listen, anything that happens in my life becomes a story. Right? I've told Montana, you have the right to remain silent. Anything said in the pastor's house can become a sermon illustration. That's a natural thing for me. Anything, everything becomes a story to me. Every, everything I encounter, every event that takes place, 
I've got stories. So if the opportunity comes up and I get a crowd of one or more, and I can tell a story, I've got one ready to go. Everything becomes a story. Everything becomes an illustration. And the only way that you can make that happen, the only way that that is possible is for you to be able to remember these events and remember the things, right? These stories and these illustrations bring things to life and make people believe that they are there. Can you imagine being of the generation whose parents have all died in the wilderness, getting to the end of this 40-year journey as a people, having to cross a river and God raises up the waters in a wall and you walk across on dry ground, can you imagine being in that crowd and not telling that story? I can't. I can't imagine every time somebody stops in front of me, I go, did you hear what we did back at Jordan? Did anybody tell you about what happened at the Jordan? And the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant put their toes in the water and the water stood up. I was one of those guys. I walked across the Jordan River on dry ground while the water stood up to my left so tall I couldn't see the top of it. Can you imagine not telling that? Can you imagine being involved in that event and forgetting it and forgetting to mention it? I can't, but obviously it is possible. Let's, let's go back down here to the end. Um, back down to verse uh, 19. <clears throat> Joshua 4.19 The Lord said to Joshua, Command the priest bearing the ark of the testimony to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priest, came up out of the Jordan. One uh, And when the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant... Oh, I'm sorry, I went back to 15. I told y'all 19. Didn't mean to confuse you. When the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came up from the midst of the Jordan and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up on dry ground, the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. This wasn't a dry spell that they were having. The water overflowed its banks as before. Now there's another thing I want you to note about this story and about this uh, event that took place um, in this time. First of all, there was an instruction given that if you read it correctly, says, when you will, I will. Or when you do, I will. In other words, the children of Israel did not get to the Jordan River and the water was stopped standing up in a heap and the ground was dry. Now, when they got there, when the, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant got there, the water was still flowing outside of its banks. It wasn't until their feet got in the water that the water stopped flowing. You know, a lot of times we walk into a situation and we don't get all the way to that door because we notice it's closed and go somewhere else. When God's saying, all you got to do is touch the handle and I'll open the door. All you got to do is walk the hall and I'll open the door. But what we want is to be able to stand back from afar and see that it's already taking place so that if we walk up there here, if we go right now, this is a prime time to tell this story. Right now. How many places have you pulled up to and go, huh, wonder if I can go in? 
I pulled up at a McDonald's. I'm on the road a lot, and sometimes at lunchtime. So I pulled up at a McDonald's. I thought they'd done opened up lobbies and stuff. I went up there and rattled the door, and I thought, well, I look like a big dummy, don't I? And walked back to the truck. Now I won't get out of the truck and rattle the door. I'll sit there and see if somebody else goes in first. You know why? Because I don't want to look like a dummy. So many times you and I sit back and God's trying to open a door and we sit back from afar waiting to see if somebody else will walk through that door or if we can see that door swing open because we don't want to walk up there spiritually and look like a dummy. When God's saying, I need you to put your hand on the knob. When God's saying, when they got to the, when they got to the banks of the Jordan, the water was still flowing. It didn't stop flowing until the priests got their feet in the water. Sometimes in order for you to see what God's going to do in your life, you've got to get your feet wet. Sometimes. Sometimes you do. Sometimes what's holding God up from doing what He wants to do in my life is me and my lack of obedience and my unwillingness to look like an idiot going across the parking lot and rattling the door. Can you imagine being one of these folks that was in this scenario and they, they've been told when the, when the Ark of the Covenant comes by your tent, you pack all your stuff up and you follow. You don't get within a certain distance. I think it was 2,000 cubits. You can't get within 2,000 cubits of the, of the Ark. And, and that, that information is in the Scriptures we read this morning. <clears throat> when you see it pass by your tent, you gather up your stuff, you gather up your family, you gather up and you follow. And when the priest's feet hit the water, the water is going to stand up. They're going to get to the middle of the river. They're going to stop with the Ark of the Covenant and all the people. I think it's something like 40,000 that were ready for war is what it says. So there's thousands of people. This isn't like five people crossing. This took some time to get these folks across. And then they get to the other side and they're told to make this memorial so that this event, number one, can be remembered. But there's another greater purpose behind this memorial. And I think it's what you and I need to gather from this if we don't get anything else in verse 19. The people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month. They encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And though, you know, that's another thing about the stories of the Bible that I love. If it's once upon a time stories, if it's happily ever after stories, you don't always get a place and time, right? It'll say a far, far land, right? But Scripture's not that kind of story. This is real events in a real time in history. Look at this. 19, the people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. There's your date. Look here. And they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. There's your place. You've got a time and place for this story. This is a time and this really took place. In other words, this is a real story. This is a real event. It actually took place. This is real people. In verse 20, And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? 
Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which He dried up for us until we passed over. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. That you may fear the Lord your God forever. There's two purposes behind this memorial. So that when people walk up and see this memorial, they see these stones and they say, what's that for? You can tell the story. I can't tell you how many times a week I get asked, why do you wear them bracelets? And I'm going to be honest with you, it's gotten to the point where I'm eager to tell it. I'm eager to explain to them I'm hard-headed, i got a bad memory, and I need to be reminded. And, and this, one, this one here gets a lot of attention. The purple with the white shows up, even in Greece. I had a guy just this week, what is that? It's a bracelet. What do you mean, what is that? What does it say? It says prayer warrior. You can read. I said, ask me what you really want to know. Ask me why I wear it. And he did, and I told him, I said, because I'm hard-headed and i got a bad memory. Sometimes I forget that there's people in times that need prayer worse than I need anything. And whatever it is I'm doing, I need to stop. And I need to pray for those people. He said, oh, and walked off. But it was an opportunity. Sometimes the memorial ain't so I will remember. It'll give me a chance to tell others. What did that say? So that all the peoples of the earth may know what God did. Right? See, it's an opportunity that for future generations, and it may be their children or somebody else's children, it may be Gentiles and not even Israelites. They may walk up and go, what's this? And somebody gets an opportunity to tell them. To tell them two things. What God did, and that it's okay to fear the Lord forever. No matter what we're facing, no matter what we're up against, as, as big as COVID-19 is today, there's coming a day when you'll have to be reminded of all the things that are taking place. And that's hard to believe in the middle of it. But it's the truth. I'm not saying you'll forget that it took place, but you're going to forget some details at bare minimum. You're going to forget some details. And it'll be something else that comes along. Just like Kevin preached last week, there'll be other things. This thing will be over and done, and we'll be trudging through something else. And we'll be done forgot what time of the year this took place. Well, I remember it was early in the year. You'll forget the things. You, well, I can remember uh, some people didn't go to work. You'll forget the impact that this had. As big as it is, and standing right here today, it's hard for you to imagine. Some uh, people, Tyler's not even going to have a, a the tail end of his senior year. He's probably not going to forget that. But I will. I'll forget that there were kids that didn't get to have the second half of their senior year. And remember, that's the most fun part of school there ever was is the second half of senior year. Right? Stuff like senior skip day and all those field trips and all that stuff, that fun stuff. You've been going to school for all them years to get to that point. So see, it's even bigger in areas of his life than it is in mine. I haven't missed a day of work, right? I haven't missed a single paycheck. 
The only thing I've missed is church. The gathering together. But it's got a whole lot more impact than that on some people. So for some, it's going to be hard for them to forget. For others, it may be the end of this year and I'm looking at something else and can't remember the exact dates or the exact details. That's why I say it ain't bad memory, it's selective memory. We need markers. We need things so that we can point at the things and it may not be COVID-19. A lot of God does a lot of things in a lot of people's lives on a daily basis that we walk right through and don't stop and mark them. So two weeks down the road, not only have we forgotten for the most part, but people around us have no idea that it even took place because if they don't ask, we don't tell. It's real important that we continue to tell people about the way we see God working in our life so that they can see the mighty hand. Look, last time and I'm done. In verse 22, 23, For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which He dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. Because although some folks can't see God's hand working in their life, if they can get a glimpse of Him working in your life, it'll give them that desire to pay closer attention. may even give somebody the desire to start that relationship. But when we're silent about it or when we forget about it, you know, it's hard. I, I said this morning, and, um, just a personal glimpse. History Channel. World War II in HD. And, and I sat and watched, Mac, the countless accounts of numerous, numerous, numerous people that lost their life to give me the freedom to get up and come to church this morning. I needed that reminder because I can't imagine this generation behind us and the way they're changing the history books is the way they're taught in school and what information is going to be left out. So it's going to be up to me to make sure they understand that their freedoms came from people giving their life. And the most important thing I can tell them is their freedom from sin came from Jesus giving His. Somebody's got to, somebody's got to say it. Somebody's got to tell them. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. They've got to hear it in order to know it. I'm going to ask Chris and them, to uh, Leanne, to come back up here and, and uh, lead us in a, in a couple more songs this morning. I want to encourage you uh, to search your heart, and if there's anything at all on your heart and on your mind and you want to pray for about this morning, want me to pray for you or with you, um, you are more than welcome to come up here, and I will gladly do that. Um, I pray that you do have a working, breathing, thank you ma'am, relationship with Christ. But if you don't, today can be that day that you start that relationship. And I want to be the one to help you find that. Be more than happy to do that for you today.
I encourage every one of you to just look inside and do a little soul searching as we sing these songs. <laughs>